Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton. Sober since 2015. Irene Falcone is a startup superstar. The sale of her first very successful business, Nourished Life, plunged Irene into a deep spiral of red wine and sleepless nights as she battled to re-identify who she was without the business that she'd poured her heart and soul into. But it is from that very last drink that Irene had on her wine cellar steps that led to her next success story, Sands Drinks. This is a remarkable story about honesty and grit, and it really puts on display that the end to one thing is just the beginning of a new thing. Enjoy Last Drinks with Irene Falcone. Irene Falcone, can you tell me about your last, and I'm going to specify, your last alcoholic drink. My last alcoholic drink. That is actually really easy. It was around about October 2019. And it was in the, so that really nice summer time um, leading into Christmas. And it was in my wine cellar sitting on the, the steps actually of my wine cellar downstairs and it was a Penfolds bin 389 Shiraz. Did you have the a glass or the bottle? Oh the whole bottle. By the but not out of the bottle. In a glass. Yeah no oh. yeah yeah <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> I absolutely know what you're talking about. Out of the bottle into the glass. That makes it totally okay, right? For so many people, that is one of the um, the justifications that we give ourselves that we don't have a problem, that things aren't problematic. That you know what? It's if I'm drinking, if I'm not drinking it out of the bottle, out of a paper bag, then it's fine. What yeah. was it about that moment that you made you realize that alcohol was pr- potentially causing you some problems and not really working for you? I think actually at that time. Um, I mean, there's a whole, there was a lot of stuff going on, particularly with the business that I had started that I'd sold, um, which we can get into if you want. And that was really what sparked my um, excessive, well, let's not call it excessive, let's call it consistent drinking. Sure. Um, because, you know, it's consistent, right? And it's what you do consistently that becomes a habit. Um, so... Um, but really that particular day, it was in the day and it was summer and it was really nice and my husband wasn't home and, um, you know, one of my kids wanted to be dropped off at a friend's place and I couldn't take them because I was drinking. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And 
it was just it was in the a nice summer afternoon and you know and there's lots of things like we um we have a pool right and I told the kids they can't go in the pool because mum can't focus on like yeah right watching them yeah I mean my kids are my kids aren't babies they're they're um, at the time, um, well, they're 16 and, and 12 now. So, you know, they were, you know, young, 10 and and, and 14 or whatever. Um, but you still need to watch your kids right in a pool. So, yeah, that was, that was, yeah. yeah. And then that was, so there was, you know, the reason I was drinking is one thing, but why I stopped is is because of those those reasons. I need to be able to get in the car and, and, and be a mum and not be sitting I, on the steps of my my wine cellar drinking Penfolds in 389. I totally <laughs> hear you. Let's absolutely talk about what led you to that place because I completely understand. Do you want to just tell people who, who might not know about um, the business that you did have, Nourished Life, and how you built that from, I think it was like a handful of lip glosses from America to a multi-million dollar empire that you sold and when you sold that, it's almost like you went with the business hand in hand. And so how do you then calibrate Irene without nourished life? Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, it's ex- actually interestingly exactly what happened. I sold my entire soul, actually. I sold my company and I sold my soul and I sold it to um, a publicly listed faceless company. I'd gone from running a company to no longer running a company and actually I didn't know what to do with myself anymore. Um, 100% of the people who I've spoken to who have stopped drinking say drinking doesn't fix any of your problems. (laughs) That's the general consensus. But you've got to go through it to get that epiphany. Do you think it was to do with like having a purpose? So when, you know, when you've built a business and it, it was such a success story, and your purpose was in that. And then when you sell that off, was it like, I don't I don't have a purpose anymore. Like I'm just like working for the man now. And and so you lose your sense of purpose. And so then drinking becomes available because you've got, you got some free time on your hands and you don't really know who you are. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. Yeah, definitely. And, and also to take my mind away from that. You have your last drink. What stopped you drinking the next day? What shifted in you? Like what gear switch happened where you went, I'm not doing this anymore. This isn't working out for me. I can't mum how I want. I can't be how I want. Oh, my gosh. I had the most, probably the best wine cellar in Sydney. Um, so I actually put it all to auction. It was There was like at least $40,000 worth of wine in my wine cellar because I used to collect wine and that was my hobby. When I owned Nourish Life, it was fine because I wasn't drinking to excess. I was just sort of collecting it. It wasn't until I sold it where I decided to lock myself in the cellar and drink it all. Um, anyway, I put it all for auction. So once I put it off for auction, someone comes, the the, um, the company comes, I think it's uh, Langton's it's called, um, and they come and they actually pick it all up for you and take it away. So it was gone the next, literally the next day. Um, and so I didn't have anything left to drink. So that was how I managed to not keep drinking. 
what was it like for you those first few days of like, oh, I'm not doing this thing that's become a habit in my life? Oh my gosh, the chocolate cravings. Yes. I can't even tell you. The chocolate. I have never consumed so much chocolate. And I thought, yeah, I didn't realise at the time, I thought I was just having the, the Cadbury's snack block instead of the wine because it was still my habit to have it both together. I thought I'll just have the chocolate without the wine. And that's what led me to go to the, the bottle o, the bottle shop, to get the non-alcoholic wine to have with the Cadbury's chocolate. But, yeah, the sugar cravings were, were and that's fine. I've got no problem with sugar. I don't. I mean, God, a girl's got to have something, right? I can't, I'm celiac, so I can't have gluten. So, I mean, if I can't have sugar, and I am, I am predominantly vegan, so I have to be able to have something. So I just ate a lot of chocolate. I was expecting to feel a bit low, a bit tired, a bit cranky. I was expecting that. But I was just like, get me a Snickers bar immediately at all times. And I couldn't believe. And then sort of later on in my sobriety journey, I did a little bit of just just a few calorie calculations and sugar intake calculations. And when, you, when you're drinking a couple of glass, even just a couple of glasses of wine a couple of nights a week, that equates to so much sugar that your body becomes used to and so when you stop drinking your body is just like whoa whoa it's yeah for me it wasn't the alcohol so much it was like my sugar cravings were like yeah Yeah. and then that was another thing to deal with (laughs) forget the organic sugar-free chocolate um that I'd spruced at Nourish Life forget that it's just all about the calories (laughs) um and and it doesn't matter what kind of Cadbury's as long as it's dairy milk but yeah, so I went to the bottle show, shop and I thought I'll just grab a bottle of non-alcoholic wine and I'll have that with the chocolate and and in the same glass and I'll be fine. And did it feel the same? Was that because it's that that's habitual then? Because then it's like I'm having the non-alcoholic wine because the habit of of this motion of of having the wine glass to your mouth and the chocolate that's that offers you something whether it's comfort whether it's um, relaxation or, or whatever that offers you. So you, you've just taken the alcohol out of that equation and you're still doing the habit. Yeah, I did. And it did. Yeah. It, I, it, as much as I don't want to be at in any point at all, recommending anyone goes to a, an alcoholic shop to buy non-alcoholic wine. Um, there wasn't many options there. And I did that. And as embarrassing as it was, and as weird as they made me feel, um, I think it was a bottle of um, the Blue Nun Classic Red, I think, and I think it was on the bottom shelf at BWS or Dan's. And, um, you know, it's not the best non-alcoholic red wine on the market. Um, but, it, yeah, it, you know, and I think there's a lot of sugar in that one actually, but it was fine and it, and it really um, it worked for me and I actually felt, to be honest, I actually felt really tipsy and, I, and it kind of made me feel like I'd been drinking still. And I think that is why some people don't drink non-alcoholic wine because they want to disassociate completely with the behavior. And that's why I think your story is so interesting because you still do the the habitual part. You still partake in the social engagement. You're making non-alcoholic margaritas. Like you, you are non-alcoholic brand lady now and I yeah. find it interesting that you so you still do the the habit in a way without the alcohol and that works for you and I think that that's a relief for some people to hear 
when they look down the barrel of sobriety and they go, oh my God, I to not drink again is like going to be so hard. But if you can strike a balance and find a happy medium that works. And the key here that I stress so much in this podcast is what works for you. And this worked for you, which is why it's still working. And it doesn't work for some people. So that's okay as well. But if this is an option that's available, I think it's a story absolutely worth sharing. You can do the habit and remove the alcohol and still get on because you're not going to spiral if you're not drinking alcohol. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think um, non-alcoholic crutches um, or copy, you know, copy drinks are, are, can be very triggering for a lot of people. Um, and so I think there's um, there's a couple of camps of people and I fall into into one of them. And I think, so you, when you come off the back of drinking a lot straight into the non-alcoholic drinks, it's less of that triggering issue because you've come off the back of alcohol and you've gone into non-alcohol. So it's not going to trigger you to go back because literally it was only yesterday. Um, mm. And as a way as well to cut down. So um, I don't. But many people th- that don't have an issue can drink can drink both. Um, but then there's people I think that have gone almost cold turkey, almost, or they've just gone, they've stopped drinking, and that alcohol, that association, can trigger so many things. And then if you haven't had a, a drink for a while, and then you taste a non-alcoholic version because they are so close yeah then that can be a gateway back into into drinking and so um it's really important to understand everyone's different yeah it serves such a purpose for some people who want to moderate or who still want to be able to go out and not feel weird like you know alcohol is rife in our society but if you can be around those people that you still want to engage with and feel a bit included. I don't see that as a negative thing at all. And I know some people are like, it's got to be all or nothing, but I don't, it can't be all or nothing. It just, it's not going to work that way. The alcohol industry is a billion dollar industry for a reason, you know, and that's why I think the non-alcoholic market is such a booming space and you just tapped into it. And what I love too is that, like you going into that bottle shop that day when you were like, okay, I'm done with drinking booze because that's just not working for me. And then you were like, where are the options? Oh, back then. So we're talking about three years ago now. I went into three bottle shops and the first two said I didn't have any. It wasn't till the third one that there was that dusty old bottle of Blue Nun Red. Um, <laughs> On the bottom <laughs> shelf. On the bottom shelf, yeah, and I remember my parents drinking that in the sort of the eighties. But um, and that, and 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 I think because, um, interestingly, because it was an alcoholic brand that was a non-alcoholic version of it as well, that also made me feel normalized as well. Um, but there was only one. So at this point in my life, you've got to imagine I just sold this business. I was working for the man. I was really depressed. I was crying, you know, in my glass every night because I'd miss running a business so much. I missed, I missed, I missed it so much. And all I can think about is how can I set up and how can I start another business? I want to do, I want another business. I want another business. That was the only thing that I would think about. And so that had happened. And then 
I had this new discovery of one bottle and I thought, well, let's go down the rabbit hole and see what else is out there. And that's when I started researching where I could find more of these non-alcoholic drinks and there was more to be found and they were hard to find and I felt really, it felt really fun and there was some websites in Australia and there's some websites overseas that had sold, you know, non-alcoholic drinks and I ordered from every everybody and then it started reminding me of when I started Nourish Life and how I was looking for non-alcoholic, non-toxic lipsticks and, and, you know, and then, you know, you could find them, but they were a bit hard and there were some hippie websites that had them. And it kind of started feeling like, oh my God, this is reminding me of something. My first thought was imagine like a site that could just review, get people to review them. So I thought well, that would be a really interesting concept to, to help kind of help people find them. And that was sort of where that idea had sparked. <laughs> Do you know what's so interesting listening to you tell this story, Irene, is that when you sold Nourished Life and you were faced with like, I miss my business, I need a new business, I want a new business. I've got to find a new business. You manifested Sands Drinks in that very moment because you were consumed with the next thing. And even though you drank alcohol to cope and it spiraled and it didn't work, but if you didn't go through all of that, you wouldn't have walked into that bottle shop or the three bottle shops to find that non-alcoholic bottle of wine to then have that penny drop moment. And because you're such an entrepreneur, you've turned this life choice of yours for your health and well-being and your family into your next business. You literally manifested it. Oh, I, I, and it's crazy because I think about how depressed I was and how much I regretted selling it. And then like sitting with you right now today, I am so grateful for that for, for, for BWX to buy Nourish Life and for me to feel so awful because about about selling it because this new business is a hundred times better than Nourish Life, a, a billion times better in every way, in every possible way, even from, you know, Nourish Life helped people, right? But this is a new level of helping people. Nourish Life was females. This is men and women. I mean, this is Nourish Life, there was doctors that would argue that parabens, there was nothing wrong with them. This business, no one is going to argue that alcohol is good for you. Like there is just this business is, is, is so much growing at such a faster rate. On the other side of your last drink is this whole entire life, business, purpose, helping people. You know, all of this doesn't exist unless you take your last drink. And that is why I want to have those conversations about, tell me about your last drink, because your last drink is your first step into something that you can't even fathom until you take your last drink. And your story is probably the most literal of the stories that I've heard. Literally the last, I was drinking my last drink for the, all of the reasons I was drinking my last drink, stopping to drink my last drink, literally fixed all of those problems that I was drinking for. Like you are so right. It's so literal. It's like every single reason that I drank. I stopped drinking and every single one of those reasons fulfilled. Can you talk about the benefits that you personally felt when you stopped drinking? And they might seem obvious to say, but I think it's really important to communicate like the myriad of benefits that 
you can experience when you do stop drinking alcohol? Um, Yeah, I mean, there's the medical proven reasons like being able to sleep better and feeling better and having a happier outlook on life and having more energy but actually that's just a a side effect of it I mean you're going to feel better obviously you're going to be healthier but actually the real thing emotionally is this sounds really bad so I'm going to try and word it in a way that doesn't come across the wrong way but (laughs) there's a smugness about saying no thanks to drinking I don't want one or I don't drink there's a cheeky not a better than you but a little bit of better than you kind of feeling there's a I'm on a different vibration it is our ego going I know something you don't know like it's a bit of that that's it's like I'm in a secret club and I feel great yeah and I don't think that that is a bad thing to feel or think or you know but if if you start acting out of that that can become you know that's going to get people offside absolutely (laughs) but I do know what you're saying I don't want to sound like a dick, but like yeah. I just feel like I'm kicking ass, you know. And I just, yeah, yeah, and it, and that's totally okay to feel that. Mm-hmm. And I do understand when you're like, and this is why I love these conversations because I'm like, we have tapped into something that makes us the best versions of ourselves, not better than anyone else. It's the best me I'm putting on the planet every day because I know if I drink alcohol, I am not my best self, and it's all about us and so when you were in a situation and someone's like do you want a one you're like I'm good it's like that little bit of a like you high five yourself and it's a bit of a power move like I'm good you know and that's that's great yeah it feels good because some people for so long can feel embarrassed about their choice like sorry I'm not drinking or no like I just quit drinking because it was like a big thing and they can actually and then you dissolve all of your power when you apologize for your great choice to not drink alcohol so I totally get it I I I fully know what you mean and like and more power to you for feeling that way it's a good feeling it's actually awesome and it's, and it's really interesting for men as well because if we think about the way that non-alcoholic beers, I know we've talked a little bit about wine because that's my personal journey. I don't personally drink beer. I can't have gluten. But the soccer dad has made, see, non-alcoholic drinking could be perceived as being daggy, but what happened was all these really good-looking kind of cool um, soccer dads They've said to, to to another soccer dad, hey, have one of these other beers, like a heap of beer or whatever, something else that tastes really good or a Heineken Zero. And they've drunk it and they've said, this is pretty good, mate. And that's sort of taken on. And because the cool soccer dad's drinking the non-alcoholic beer, it's become really acceptable in that male dad circle. And I think that's been one of the major drivers and the the perception is shifting definitely among I think friendship circles where if there's a few people drinking non-alcoholic beers at the barbecue it's not this whole like shock horror oh my god like Dwayne's not drinking full strength beer it's not we don't do that anymore because I feel like we're just being a little bit kinder to each other absolutely and then for people who are triggered there are amazing brands out there that don't try and mimic alcohol at all you've got altina and you've got non the non brand and you've got some beautiful kombuchas out there and so there's this whole new wave as well of these adult drinks that 
you can enjoy rather than have a lemon lime and soda um, if you are triggered by the emulation of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. And also the, the other thing that's really cool with with just what you're doing is, again, it's normalising this conversation. For you to have a non-alcoholic bottle shop on the main street in Freshwater normalises it because it's it's there. It's a place that you can go. It's not just something in your head that you can imagine and, and go, oh, well, it would be easier if my local bottle shop Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. was a non-alcoholic bottle shop it's physically there and that again I think is putting it on the main street on the forefront and that is again helping to normalize the idea of sobriety and it doesn't have to be this taboo weird awkward thing anymore it can be completely embraceable and completely doable so you're absolutely right to do it on on the main road was was and that was why I did it it was to make it feel normal Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod.